Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of Amanda Reads Becoming Sister Wives, the story of an unconventional marriage. Um, I hope you guys are ready for chapter three, the story of Christine and Cody. Things get a little dark here, I am not going to lie to you, so buckle up because this one is a real journey, I'll tell you that. We learned some real interesting things in this in this chapter, so uh, stay tuned because here we go. Chapter 3 Christine and Cody Christine I was raised in a polygamous family just outside of Salt Lake. My grandfather was the head of our church, which means my family has been closely involved with all aspects of our faith since I can remember. You could say that when it comes to our church, I'm connected. Although I wasn't raised polygamous, it wasn't until I was 17 that I decided, without a doubt, that I was going to accept the principle of plural marriage. It took me a while to come to this decision. I reflected and prayed and turned inward until I had my answer. Eventually, I developed a strong testimony about the way I wanted to live my life. The biggest influence on my decision to live with the principle of plural marriage was my grandmother. She loved having sister wives and knew that the strongest relationship in her marriage was with them. When I decided that I was going to enter into a plural marriage, I knew it would only be as a third wife. Even as a teenager, I was certain this was the path for me. I understand how many people might think this is a strange preference. Why would I want to come third when I could come first? But when you think about it, if you are as committed to plural marriage from a young age as I was, you're less interested in the monogamous stage of, a, of the relationship than at the plural stage. I wanted sister wives as much as I wanted a husband. It's a common misconception, at least in my worldview, that it's best to enter the family as a first wife. People often think, incorrectly, that the first wife has the highest status and the most security. I never saw it this way. In fact, in my opinion, being the first wife takes too much work and involves too much self-sacrifice. You have to give up your life entirely and be joined at the hip to your husband. It's just you and your husband until the day he marries a second wife. This kind of single-minded devotion never appealed to me. I'm independent and I like my freedom. Being the second wife didn't seem like a better option either. In fact, I think that would have been worse than being the first wife. The second wife has the hardest job and is put in the most uncomfortable position because she's the one who comes along <laughs> who comes along and disrupts the marriage of the first wife and her husband. You can't blame her. It's not the second wife's fault. It's just the nature of her role. She's the wedge that comes between the couple, and I was never going to put myself in that position. No matter how, how fair and understanding a wife is, there's no way to avoid the emotional struggles and heartache when a second wife joins the family. But the third wife, she's the lucky one. She's the one who comes along and makes peace between the first two wives. The third wife is in a blessed position. She doesn't have to face marriage on her own without the help from sister wives or bear the burden of breaking up a previously monogamous couple. I was going to be third wife all the way. Around my 19th birthday, my sister Wendy went on a survival trek with our church. The leaders of her group were a newlywed couple, Mary and Cody Brown. 
When Wendy returned from her adventure, all she could talk about was Cody. Cody, Cody, Cody. She was full of stories about how strong and athletic Cody was. Cody pulled us all up a hill, she said. He threw us over a wall one by one. What? What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> what the fuck is she talking about? Wendy explained that Cody and Mary were new to our group, which is why I'd never heard of them before. As it turned out, Mary had been a member for years. She'd even been over to my house on several occasions, but no one had noticed her until she married Cody. <laughs> the next day, I went to church with Wendy. The hall was crowded. I was checking out the crowd when my eyes landed on a handsome young man. Without my sister telling me, I knew he was Cody. I thought, wow, Wendy forgot to mention how cute Cody is. He's really, really cute. Cody I have to admit that I don't remember seeing Christine in church that morning. I had been in the church for only six months, so the group was fairly new to me. There were different phases at church each week, which made it difficult for me to remember everyone I met. A week after I returned from the survival trek, our church held a dance. Of course, I attended with my new wife, Mary. Although I'd met Janelle once or twice, we were only casual acquaintances at this point. But there was one girl who caught my eye, Christine. She was wearing a turquoise dress with a lace ruffle on the collar. She was bubbly and sweet and as cute as anyone I'd ever seen before. She was also overflowing with positivity. Her liveliness and good cheer were infectious. However, I was still a newlywed and new to the polygamous faith. Although I thought Christine was really cute, I wasn't yet ready to consider a second wife. I didn't know this, but Christine had a crush on another boy that night. She was just 19, and she was a romantic, but there was an undeniable spark between us. When I looked at her, I had a feeling, call it a sixth sense, that our destinies were interlaced. Mary and I didn't have any newly newlywed friends, and since we didn't have any children and Mary wasn't pregnant, we spent most of our time with single people our age. We always had a group at our house eating ice cream and hanging out. Christine had a big circle of friends, and she always seemed to be in our midst. And since Christine's family was so involved in our church, they regularly hosted gatherings to which Mary and I were usually invited. While I had an inkling that perhaps something important was starting to develop with Christine, I was awed with how adorable and upbeat she was. Mary and I weren't yet looking to add to our family. We were newlyweds, newlyweds and still very much a couple in love. This made it difficult for me to hang out with my buddies because it would mean leaving her alone. Eventually, Christine and Mary became friends, which was great, but when I started to notice that Christine was growing interested in me, and when I started visualizing a future together, I knew that exploring this would be unfair to Mary at this point. If Christine and I started hanging out alone, in essence, if we were to start courting, Mary would be abandoned by her two closest friends. Mary had inadvertently made it clear to me on several occasions that she wasn't prepared to court Christine. One weekend, at a field day for the younger members of our faith, I was busy being my loud, boisterous self. I was running all over the field we were gathered at, hosing people down with water. Everybody was chasing me in order to pay me back, but they couldn't catch me. 
In the middle of all this, I heard Christine cry out, Cody, my masculine man. <laughs> I looked over at Mary and I could almost hear her growling. I hadn't seen many examples of plural marriage since I was new to the faith, so this was the first time I experienced it up close. But I couldn't blame her. We were very young. Despite our, our initial resistance, something was pulling us together. I couldn't deny that Christine would be a part of my family someday, but we all needed to grow up first. Christine I loved Cody and Mary, and all my, although my crush on Cody was getting serious, I wasn't interested in marriage yet. Still, I was always eager to hang out with them. Whenever my parents hosted a volleyball party, Mary and Cody always topped the guest list. After spirituality and faith, the trait my dad values most is athleticism, so he, has ta he was taken with Cody from the start. Whenever I talked to my dad about boys I was interested in, he always steered the conversation in the same direction. And how is Cody? he'd ask. Cody made a big splash when he joined our faith. He was nice looking, which impressed a lot of the women, but he was also well spoken and outspoken. He was confident when he talked in front of a crowd. He knew how to take a spiritual concept and deliver it in a positive and inspiring way. He made a good impression on the people in charge of our church and was often called to speak at fireside meetings. After a year, about a year after I first met Cody and Mary, Cody organized a youth trip up to his parents' ranch in Wyoming. Cody wanted to expose his younger peers to his parents' lifestyle and introduce his parents to young people in their new faith. By the time, it was pretty clear that I had developed a serious crush on Cody. I was always hanging around Mary and him. So when we all piled into our caravan and cars to drive to Wyoming, I got someone to drive my car and I made sure that I rode in Cody's. Nineteen people headed up to the ranch for the weekend. We set off from my house in Utah, but when we hit the mountain passes, we drove into a massive snowstorm. It was unbelievably slow going and we had to stop and take turns pushing out one another's cars. The drive should have taken half a day, but we wound up being on the road overnight because of the weather. Since we were all young, it was still fun being out there together. It felt like an adventure. Cody. We drove all night to Wyoming. It was dangerous. Mary and I rode in the front seat and Christine sat in the back. I kept looking at Christine in the rearview mirror. For months I had been watching her. I loved her spark, her bubbliness. She was so full of life and enthusiasm. Just the perfect person to have along on a miserable drive. In fact, I was discovering that Christine was the kind of person I wanted to have around all the time. She lit up every room and brought a fun, positive energy to any event. Mary often stood on the sidelines during games and groups at group activities, but Christine was always willing to participate in anything, no matter how silly. When we set out on our road trip, I was convinced that Christine was the cutest girl in the world, although she was a little chubby. <sighs> <sighs> Jeez. 
Jesus fucking Christ. Back then, I was young and superficial enough to care about physical appearances. After we'd been on the road all night, we stopped at a gas station. I'd been drinking soda pop to stay awake, and my stomach felt sour and upset. Just thinking about food made me queasy. Christine went into the quickie mart and bought herself what seemed to look like the largest portion of chili cheese nachos I'd ever seen. The sight of those nachos turned my stomach. I couldn't watch her eat them. She must have been starving because she was eating so quickly and there was chili sauce and nacho cheese everywhere. Looking back, I hate myself for the thoughts I had at that moment, but the sight of this chubby girl in my car devouring chili cheese nachos for breakfast put the brakes on our relationship. It brought out the most superficial and shallowest side of me. I still liked her, and in fact I liked her very much, but the nacho experience cooled my attraction a little. Well, a lot. Christine. Of course, I had no idea I'd gross Cody out with my nachos. I was an overweight kid who liked junk food a little too much. And of all the junk foods in the world, chili cheese nachos were my favorite. When we finally got to the ranch, Cody transformed into a hero. He was a total stud. All the girls on the trip watched him with their mouths wide open, myself included. I'd seen Cody in action back in Utah. I'd seen him display his talents in church, and I'd seen how he transformed himself into the life of every party. But now I was seeing a whole new side of him. Cody was the complete cowboy. At the ranch, he was instantly in his element. He got right in there and wrangled cows. He worked the fields. He shoveled and cleaned and got down and dirty with all the animals. I was totally impressed. I thought Cody was the coolest guy in the world. When I got back home, I was gushing about Cody to a friend. She knew that I wanted to be a third wife, so we came up with a plan. She'd marry Cody first, and I'd be a second wife. A few months later, I would try to join them as a third wife. I took this plan much more seriously than my friend, who eventually got married to another man. My visit to Wyoming had made a fantastic impression on me, and I was eager to return. I had become very close to Cody's sister, so when she invited me to spend the summer with her at the Browns Ranch, I accepted immediately. While I was living with the Browns, a local family started to express their interest in our faith. They had a daughter who, on one visit, spotted a picture of Cody. The minute I saw her look at it, I knew she'd be interested in him. I felt very threatened by her. She was beautiful and thin, and I was immediately afraid she'd catch Cody's eye. A few months after I met her, this girl was invited to come to an event in Utah for the younger members of our faith. Since I was going down, it fell to me to drive her and introduce her to some of my friends. Not doing so would have appeared selfish. I drove the new girl and her brothers to Utah. The whole ride down, I kept saying to myself, What are you doing, you idiot? I was completely threatened by her. When I got to the youth event, I immediately realized all my fears were well-founded. Right away, Cody and Mary took particular notice of her. Their interest was overwhelming and undeniable. I was heartbroken and jealous, tortured by the fact that Cody seemed to find her more attractive than me. To make things worse, she and Mary hit it off immediately. They became inseparable, instantaneous best friends. 
One morning after I returned from the ranch, Cody and Mary came to pick me up. We'd made plans to spend the day together in the city. Before we left, we lingered on the porch of my parents' house. Cody and Mary had strange looks on their faces. They seemed excited, but a little nervous. Then they told me they were courting the girl I introduced them to at the youth conference. I was devastated. It ruined my day. In fact, it ruined my year. I decided then and there I was not going to marry Cody no matter what happened. It wasn't because of Cody. It was because of the girl he and Mary were courting. She was too young and too cute. And I just couldn't see her in my future. I broke off the friendship. I couldn't be around Cody and Mary while they were courting someone else. Cody and Mary's news was not the most devastating blow I received that year. Not by a long shot. A few months after I returned to Utah, my parents told me they were getting a divorce. Even worse, my mother had decided to leave our faith, which felt like the worst kind of abandonment. I was stunned and inconsolable. I felt as if my world was disintegrating. I'd seen no signs of trouble between my parents and I couldn't imagine a life in which we would no longer be a cohesive family. I completely shut down. I didn't want anything to do with any of my old friends. I couldn't bear associating with people in Cody's circle or people who'd known my family when it was intact. I turned inward. I told my father that I wasn't interested in dating and that if a boy approached him and expressed interest in me, I didn't want to know about it. I was so shaken by my parents' divorce that I wanted to make sure I was solid in my faith before I committed myself to someone else. Naturally, I questioned the whole concept of marriage. If my parents couldn't sustain their relationship, what chance did I have when the time came? Even though I'd cut myself off from a lot of my friends, Mary and I still talked on the phone from time to time. I resisted these phone calls because I didn't want to hear about the courtship. It had been prolonged because Cody and Mary wanted to wait for the girl they were courting to turn 18 before making their engagement official. Uh, okay. Even though I wanted nothing to do with it, I heard when they got engaged and I knew when they set the date for the wedding. A week before the wedding, I received a phone call. I was standing in the kitchen when I answered the phone. It was Mary on the other end of the line. My heart nearly exploded with joy when Mary explained that the wedding had been called off. It was the happiest day of my life. I felt as if I could re-enter the world again. I immediately welcomed Cody and Mary back. But my happiness was short-lived. One day, completely out of the blue, Cody called me up. Christine, he said. Janelle's driving me crazy. I can't stand it. She really frustrates me. Who was Janelle? I said. I had no idea who he was talking about. You know her, Cody said. You met her here and there. I had no idea why Cody was bringing this problem to me. Anyway, there was a simple solution. If this woman Janelle was making Cody crazy, wouldn't the easiest thing to do to be to stop associating with her? How wrong I was. The next thing I knew, he and Mary had married Janelle. Of course, I thought this was really weird because Cody had told me she was driving him crazy. It took me a while to realize what kind of crazy Cody had meant. After Janelle joined their family, they moved back to Wyoming. I had just let Cody and Mary back into my life, and now they had moved away with another wife. I hadn't just lost a man who was special to me. I'd lost my best friends.
Cody. After I married Janelle, we moved down to Utah for a weekend to visit Mary's parents. While we were there, we invited Christine over for dinner. I was used to the gregarious, bubbly Christine. But when she showed up that evening, I immediately sensed an underlying sadness and turmoil within her. It made me sad to see her struggling. On her way out the door, I pulled her inside. We stepped out on the porch so we could chat. Then I asked her what was wrong. Nothing. Everything's fine, she said. I knew she wasn't telling the truth, and I told her so. I insisted that she tell me what was going on. She was my friend, I loved her, and I needed to know what was breaking her heart. It's my parents' divorce, she said. The admission opened up the floodgates, and suddenly Christine felt she could be open and honest with me once more. I felt the old spark that had always been between us ignite again. You know, Christine, I said. This ordeal may help you in the future. It will make you stronger and more self-aware. And one day you're going to marry a man who is going to appreciate that you've been through something like this and that you have survived it. I didn't tell her at the time, but I had a feeling that the man she would marry was going to be me. Christine. Cody really knew how to break my heart. When he told me that one day I'd married a man who'd appreciate my strength, I was distraught. It seemed that he was implying that he was not going to be the man in my future. Even though I was devastated, I was still more than a little smitten. That night when Cody left, I stood at the door to Mary's parents' house and said goodbye. It's not goodbye, Cody said. It's au revoir. Even though Cody's line was cheesy, it sent a curtain of electricity down my spine. He was flirting with me. Cody shut the door and walked down the steps with Mary toward their car, leaving me inside. Mary's family immediately sensed what had passed between Cody and me. They all gave me knowing looks. Their faces were warm and inviting, as if they were giving me and Cody their approval. Mary's family's encouragement was too much for me. I believe I gave a false, a small fist pump of joy, then swooned on the couch. I've always been a little dramatic. I knew that no matter what he said, Cody was still the one for me. A few months later, Cody and Mary came down to Utah for the New Year's ball at our church. Cody asked me to dance over and over and over. I was giddy and could barely keep my feet on the floor. It was the best night of my life. I felt as if I was glittering and glowing. Right after New Year's, I got a phone call from Mary saying she was planning a surprise party for Cody in Wyoming. She wanted to know if I would bring a small group of friends up from Utah. Naturally, I was delighted. I simply couldn't wait to see Cody again. When Cody walked into the room for his surprise party and saw a bunch of us gathered there, his eyes locked on mine. I knew then how he felt. It gave him courage. The next day, we found ourselves alone for the first time. We were sitting on the couch, and I just came out with it. Of all the guys I know, you're the one I'd want to marry. I was proud of myself for being so forthcoming and honest. Mary's sister Teresa and I drove back to Utah that night. We giggled the entire ride about my future with Cody. And when I got back home, I immediately approached my grandfather, who was the head of our church. Should Cody Brown ask, I said, tell him the answer is yes. Let him know that I definitely want to be a part of his family.
Cody. Christine really made it easy for me to get permission to court her. When I called her dad, he was thrilled. This is great, Cody. This is great, he said. It was exactly what he'd been hoping for. Christine's father was aware of how she glowed when we were together. He was also aware of how she had pushed all the other boys to the sidelines in favor of me. He wanted her to be happy. And now he knew that she made me happy. Christine just loves you, her father said. His only question for me was regarding my loyalty to our church. In his mind, this single question determines worthiness. Since the day I converted, my faith has never wavered, not for a single second. I told him that, and he was convinced. On Valentine's Day, I asked Mary's sister Teresa, who lived in Utah near Christine, to buy a bouquet of roses. I instructed her to write, let's get the ball rolling on the card. Teresa offered to deliver the ro roses to Christine at work. Christine was a title clerk at a car dealership. The whole office knew that she was from a polygamous family. In fact, they knew she had a crush on me, a man with two wives. It's a testament to Christine's outgoing nature and wonderful personality that people do not judge her for her beliefs. It turns out that the day I asked Teresa to send Christine flowers, Christine had called in sick to work. But by some wonderful coincidence, she had called Teresa to tell her that she was unwell and would be staying home, so Teresa knew where to, where to deliver the roses. That night, I called Christine. We were both overjoyed and a little giddy. The following weekend, Janelle and I traveled down to Utah. Janelle generously offered to hang out with some people in our church so that I could have some alone time with Christine. Janelle was very sweet and accepting of my courtship with Christine. I knew that things were difficult between her and Mary in the house, and I believe she was hoping for a new sister wife to be her ally or friend. Mary was slightly more prickly when I started courting Christine. However, she liked Christine and was aware of how close the two of us were. I'm sure as far as Mary was concerned, bringing Christine into the family was just a matter of time. Christine and I spent as much time together as possible that weekend. It wasn't what I'd call romantic. Christine was quite puritanical in her view of romance and courtship, but we had fun. I think we held hands and maybe hugged once or twice, but that was the extent of it. That weekend, we got engaged. What? <laughs> I wanted to prolong our engagement, but Christine didn't want to. She insisted on setting a wedding date as quickly as possible. She believed that a long courtship would be inappropriate and unfair to her new sister wives. She didn't want to be running around with a married man. I tried telling her I wasn't quite ready, but Christine felt that she'd already waited so long. We'd been friends for three years. We decided to get married in six weeks. The minute I asked Christine to marry me, I realized I had once again acted too quickly. I was in over my head. I was not even 25. I already had two wives, and Janelle was expecting our first child. The thought of trying to bring Christine into our family gave me serious pause. I'm afraid I showed up at our wedding with what Christine calls a thousand-yard stare. Suddenly, I felt the weight of the world on my shoulders. I was nervous and apprehensive. I knew there was a lot about my life that Christine didn't understand. She'd only seen me as the life of the party and the good time guy. She didn't know how tense things were between Mary and Janelle and hadn't had much opportunity to get to know them herself. When I proposed, I was working at a job that was crushing my soul. Mary and Janelle were miserable with each other and I didn't know how to negotiate a truce between them.
and now I was introducing a third wife into an unstable environment. I had no doubt Christine was the right person, but I sensed it was too early to marry her. All of this was running through my head as I joined Christine in marriage. What I didn't know then was that Christine would become a major factor in the success of our family. Her kindness and her positive nature brokered a peace in our household. Christine saved our bacon. Fuck, I skipped a page. Fuck. Fuck. <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> Christine saved our bacon, as I like to say. <laughs> she saved the browns. But back then, all I could see were the struggles that lay ahead. I worked right up until the day we got married. I even had a hard time getting off work to attend my own wedding. Christine had to organize a whole wedding herself. Neither my father nor Christine's mother attended the ceremony. It was a hard day for us. I didn't have time to plan a honeymoon. In fact, it didn't even occur to me to plan one. No one told me that I should. <laughs> what? When I wasn't buried in my work, I was a ping pong, ball, ping pong ball bouncing between two wives who always had their bristles up. Obviously, they weren't interested in advising me on what I should do with Christine. After our wedding, Christine and I got in the car and drove to Montana. It was a tense trip, and I have to admit I wasn't my most cheerful self. Christine and I had gone from being buddies to being married. We hadn't had time to get used to each other, and I hadn't prepared myself for the transition of adding a new wife to my family. Christine. I was shaken when Cody showed up at our wedding with that look on his face. He was morose. I was even more devastated when I learned he hadn't planned a honeymoon. I was hoping that we'd finally have a romantic getaway, something special that told me how thrilled he was to have me in his family. I was young and naive. I had no idea how to tell Cody what I wanted from him. On our honeymoon, a drive through the sticks in Montana, I was struck by the realization that I didn't know Cody very well. Once we got into the car, he still had the faraway look on his face that I'd seen at our wedding. He seemed distant and unreachable. I began to understand that he felt overwhelmed. However, I didn't know how to talk to him about what he was feeling. I had no idea how to reach out to him. I just sat there in silence. Watching him drive with that look on his face made me unbearably sad. I realized that I had no idea how to express my feeling with him or ask him to share his with me. I never doubted that Cody was the man of my dreams, but I began to worry that I'd married him too soon. Until our honeymoon, I had thought he was a fun-loving guy, but that was the extent of it. Now, there was this distant, grumpy man at my side, burdened by something I couldn't understand, and I worried that I might be the source of his anxiety. Like many young women, I had idealized marriage. I had the silly notion that the moment you got married, your problems ended. I was fixated on the idea of happily ever after. I thought marriage, especially plural marriage, would be absolute bliss. What could be better than being blessed with a husband and sisters in one fell swoop? I didn't understand that marriage is something you must work on. I didn't know that true love isn't instantaneous, but something that develops over time. While Cody and I did love each other, it took us about a year from the day we married to fall completely head over heels for each other. It would be a hard year, but well worth the wait.
wow 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 all right that was um a very interesting chapter um i don't know about you guys but um that their marriage uh christine and cody does not seem to be built on a strong foundation um i'm also fascinated by this uh revelation that apparently cody was waiting to be engaged to a child um that is fascinating um we're really you know skirting around this mary and janelle drama that i would like to get in a little bit more hopefully that comes up a little later in the book um you know i don't i don't know what that's all about um wow uh i mean cody just straight up body shaming janelle just uh, not Janelle, excuse me, Christine, um, absolutely disgusting and heartbreaking. Um, you know, and really makes me want to get in the car, drive to quick check and get my own fucking chili cheese nachos right now. Um, yeah, you know, he's a real terrible man. So I hope you enjoyed this, uh, this episode of Amanda Reed's Becoming Sister Wives, the story of an unconventional marriage. Um, as always, please rate, review, subscribe. Um, you know, again, please follow us on Instagram at Becoming Sister Wives Pod. Um, if you have any feedback, you can definitely DM me. Again, I'd like to put out an open call for questions or comments. Um, if you'd like to, uh, send me a message, I will read it on the pod. If you would like to send me a voice message, I will play it on the pod. Um, you know, and until next time, uh, you know, stay safe and, and, uh, be happy. Love y'all. Bye.